So we want to connect. We want to. We've also got some uh, different as we're crossing out uh, in the next few months of 2022. Wow, or 2023. <laughs> wow, wow. Uh, and we're going into 2024. Uh, a, a lot of connect ministries that we're going to have and moving forward. A lot of things that we're going to be doing. It's going to be very uh, powerful in a different aspect. We'll have our powerful preaching, but we're also going to have some powerful connection and, uh, as the body of Christ. We're looking forward to all of those things. If we could, let's stand, let's pray, and then you can be dismissed and in here, fellowship for just a couple of minutes, and then we'll get started in maybe five minutes in here. Uh, as you're praying, pray for Brother Perry. He was with us this weekend. He was supposed to be in South Carolina, then North Carolina, then West Virginia. Well, he got stuck here for a few days, uh, very sick and uh, recovering, had doctor's appointments and everything. The Lord blessed that he was able to get those uh, this week, but he's feeling better. And so continue to pray for him. Thank you. Phenomenal message on Sunday. The message is powerful messages. So just pray for our missionary. And uh, if you got something you want, if you got some soup you want to take him to eat or something mild, you just let me know. And we'll get that to him. But uh, hopefully they'll be able to get back about their missions on Saturday and going their way. Good to be in church. Amen. Good to be in church. Let's pray. Father, we call on your name. We thank you for each and everything you're doing in this hour at Life United Pentecostal Church. How you are touching every saint of God. How you are encouraging God with those that are discouraged, Lord. Your spirit is doing a powerful divine work. Your word is moving forth and going forth, God. And I believe that your church is being encouraged, inspired. And God, that we follow your will, that we are your hands and feet in 2023. God, that we're able to do what you want us to do, that we become missional in our mindset each and every day that we wake up. God, that we go about our days. So what is the will of God today? What is your plan? What is your purpose for this hour, for this moment? And Lord, that we're able to operate in that moment, on this journey of life. God, continue to lead us and guide us, strengthen us, touch each and every one. In the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus, we pray for the anointing upon the preaching and the teaching in all of the classes. God, touch every teacher, every one that is here receiving your word. Soften our hearts, make us like sponges, moldable, ready to absorb, oh God, whatever you have for us. We thank you and we praise you tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said amen. 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 Give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, just a quick reminder, we connect Sunday on Sunday uh, for our leaders meeting tomorrow night on Zoom, 8 o'clock. And just want to cover on some things that we've got going on. Other than that, shake hands. Step out from where you are for a moment and be dismissed to your classes. And... Uh, Look at your neighbor and say, hey, it hadn't been cool today.
Thank you. Bless you. Hey, Brother Joel. I'm Hey, Brother Steve. Hey. How you doing, sir? Good. I see ya. Praise God, everybody. I'm glad to be here in the church. Tonight, I'm looking forward. I, I got to tell you, I was offered just the kindness. I did pray about it, but uh, Brother Pickering, pastor next door in Glenville, not next door, Glenville next door, uh, called, offered me a conference uh, for a church growth conference this week, and I was thinking about it. I was really heavily considering it, and, uh, but the flights were just crazy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. But, uh, but maybe next year. But I just want to mention that because I just thought that was super awesome, awesomely kind our neighbor and pastor over there to offer to uh, pay for my conference that they're having on a church growth. That's cool. That's cool. That's, that's, that's what it's like being brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, So tonight, Brother Munden is going to be ministering to us. And uh, just FYI, my health is good. Uh, I had a calf last week, still got the scar there. And uh, the doctor was excited because my heart looked great. Me, 14 months after the fact, that's a good report. That makes my bones proud. All right. Brother Monday, come minister. Let's give him a hand as he comes preaches or teaches the word. Well, praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor. I greatly appreciate it. And um, it, it's definitely, um, when Pastor asked me to do this, I told him, I was like, Pastor, you go ahead and go on. And I know it's hard for him to find a flight and uh, that got him there and back in time at such short notice. But uh, but it's definitely a great opportunity. It's a high honor for our pastor to be called to go minister in places so far away. You know, so that tells us that uh, that we have something special here. And, and, and I, yeah, praise the Lord. We can clap for that because um, I've learned so much since we've been here from um, the likes of men like pastors, especially my, our lead pastor. 
uh, my pastor, who will always be my pastor. You know, it's been a great delight to be here under his tender love and care, his shepherding, and um, and definitely his shepherding and his teaching as he trains me and prepares me um, um, for for greater, for greater. Um, well, praise the Lord. This evening, um, I have a great opportunity to minister a word to us, and I pray that the, that that everything that the Lord has given me, that I do the Lord justice and my pastor justice for what the Lord has given me um, to convey their message that he has given me. Um, usually, a lot of times I don't sit down unless I'm teaching or something, but I am tonight because I'm still having issues with my ankle. So y'all just keep me in prayer um, uh, for my Achilles tendons and feet and all that. So just keep me in prayer. But um, but um, definitely, um, I want to go ahead and hopefully be, this will be quick. Uh -oh. Where the clock at? We're going to be here all night. <laughs> Better get that clock back up there. Uh, draw some, draw some um, a short hand and a long hand up there. <laughs> but, um, but definitely. Um, tonight, I, you know, we have a, a lot going on and the Lord has put something on my heart that I wanted to speak of. And, um, and, and I hope that that this touches each and every one of us and it's probably not something that's um, to some is going to be pretty, pretty dreary and um, but as saints um, we have things that many are scared of we shouldn't be scared of the book of Revelation because it's good news um, and that's not what I'm talking about tonight but <laughs> but something similar leading to there um, but everything is good news for us because it's always for our correction um, to point us in the right direction, um, to rebuke us, um, to lift us up, to strengthen us, and definitely to give us good guidance and direction. But um, if we could all please stand for the reading of the word, and definitely I want to give honor to my lovely bride um, who's at work tonight, Sister Monica, and, um, and, and my lovely ladies, and my son, and my grandson, my family. Um, because definitely without them, I definitely wouldn't be here. I am a product of prayer, whom my wife was in church years before I, but I was friends with many of her people at church. So the best thing you could do for these saints whose spouse isn't in church is to be a good friend to their um, loved ones when they come and outside. So I was very close friends with about three people at our church, and I was very close to our pastor. We had a very casual relationship. Uh, before I was even a member of that church, years before I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, years before I was baptized in Jesus' name, I was a friend of the church. In order to be a friend, we want to make friends of God, we have to be friends to the people out there in the streets. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got to love people. We got to love people. But um, praise the Lord. So this evening, what we're going to be reading, if you could go with me to Genesis 14, and we're going to be reading... Verses 18 through 20. Genesis 14, and we're going to be reading verses 18 through 20. Oh, praise the Lord. And the word reads, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. We know who that is. We know him by name. 
Back then, they only knew him by a title, you know, or a few words, I am. But at this time, actually, at this point, they didn't even know him as I am. But right here, it continues. It says, and he blessed him. So that's Melchizedek blessed him. And said, blessed be Abraham of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth, who he's talking about God. Not Abraham, because we have a comma there. 20. And blessed be the most high God, which have delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. Let me say that one again. And Abraham gave him, Melchizedek, tithes of all. If I could have one of the ministers pray for me. Praise the Lord. Go ahead, go down, clapping your hands for the Lord who is on our side. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hey, brother, you can turn it down a little bit, please, because you know I'm already loud, so I don't want to bust anybody's ear drums. <laughs> I appreciate it. So right here, what this is, is this is Abraham coming from a war when um, his nephew and all of them were taken into captivity. And you know, back then they were surrounded by war. Abraham being a man of peace, a man of God, you know, these men, I don't think that they went out and they had JRTC, I mean JRTC, that is. I don't think they had NTC. I don't think they had West Point or Annapolis or any of this, but war has been around for a while. But Abraham went ahead and grabbed his men when his nephew was taken into captivity. To go recover. So after they recovered him, this is when we find this after he had killed all of these bad kings um, from these areas where he recovered all of his family and all of those that were taken into captivity. So the amazing thing is, as we read this, that he runs into this king, the king of Salem, which the word Salem means what? Peace. Peace. For us to remember, let's remember, if you are speaking Arabic language and you say the word of peace, you're going to say salam, right? Which is Salem. But if you're, of, uh, um, um, if you're speaking Hebrew or Yiddish or whatever, and the word of peace means what? It, well, the word of peace is, we know what it means, it means peace. But the word is shalom, which sounds very similar to what? To Salem and to Salam. So it's amazing how both of these languages, and even the English language, how they're so familiar and tied in one another. The word peace sounds almost the same, at least with these cultures 
around the world that probably covers in when you look at Arabic, when you look at um, Islam, when you look at um, 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 Judaism, and when you look at Christianity, you're covering about at least two-thirds of the world. At least two-thirds of the world. Rest of our Hindu and other entities. But we know at least most of the world knows the word peace, which they speak all the time. Now, have you ever been to visit anywhere where people are of Muslim descent or, you know, and, and they, they could be, um, 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 they could be a Christian, Arabic or Christian, Persian, they're still going to say, because in their language, the word is um, Salam. But as the world searches for peace, and we know that many years, we have all types of organizations that have been built for peace. We have the UN that was built for peace. We have NATO that's supposed to bring peace. We have kings, we have queens that have always stood on the precipice of saying that they want peace. But during the duration of my life, being a, a son of a soldier that served a couple of tours in Vietnam, and then myself coming to the military and doing a couple of combat tours and rotational tours myself, I know that peace is hard to come by. You know, in 1945, I think it is, or 1948, somewhere around there, um, the UN was created, actually in 1947 or 48, because their first mission was one to fix things in the Middle East or in Asia slash Africa, right there between in that whole region that is still chaotic today. But the amazing thing is that even though the world talks about peace, they don't know what true peace is. But as the saints of God, we should know what true peace is. As selfishness, greed, nationalism, land disputes, etc. wreak havoc and keep direct and indirect conflict abreast, man continues to look for ways to save precious sanctity of life in an unremarkable manner. And we haven't been too successful when it comes to this thing called peace. Um, go with me to um, John 20, John chapter 20, verse 19. John chapter 20, verse 19. What I want to do tonight is I want to show us that Jesus was called the Prince of Peace, but I really think that when we think peace, we think peace a lot of times as the world does. That a calmness within the place. That um, people are all in agreement. That people are, um, somebody has, um, would acquiesce to somebody else's desires or whatever to that extent. That's what we think of a lot of time when we think of peace. But Jesus has another outlook on peace. And as we are in John chapter 20, verse 19, what we're going to be reading is we're going to be reading... This is the peace fulfillment in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So here in 2019, this is after 
Jesus' um, death, burial, and resurrection. And it reads, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. They were fearful. They were scared. They didn't know what was going to happen. We followed this man that was arrested, that was horribly whipped, beaten, hung up on a cross, nailed to it, died, was buried, and then now they're wondering what happened because they, they know that his tomb was empty, but they're still guessing, like, could this actually be true that a man had died and was buried and rose on his own? As he stated when he said, I will lift myself up. And it continues. They, um, so here comes Jesus, and he stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And we continue. And when he had said, so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so I send you. Well, what is Jesus talking about right here? Well, we want to dig in and we want to know that Jesus said he came and he said, even though they beat me horribly, did me wrong, brought me to a false court, and charged me with a crime that I did not commit, which was a whole bunch of lies, but then killed me for who I am. And we always think that, well, the Pharisees killed him, and the Sadducees, who had a part, killed him because of, they were, you know, because he said he was God. Well, we have to remember of what they said. They was like, if people start believing in this man, what will the Romans do? They will come and take all of our power. All the things that we have in our possessions. All of our money, our high positions. So it wasn't something that these men was doing for righteousness. I mean, it would we even be concerned if they thought that, hey, this man actually was blasphemous. But the amazing thing is that all of these men was thinking about their own coffers of whatever they had. They were thinking about their own position of where they sat in the big house. They thought about how people invited them over and, and would stand up when they walked into the room. Yeah. It was all because of selfishness that these men hated right. peace in the flesh. Amen. Right here Jesus said, he said, as my father have sent me, even so I send you. So he said, peace be unto you the first time in 19, but then he reiterated in 21, verse 21. And what is this? This is Jesus imparting to them. If you ever had something imparted to you, a gift, something imparted to you, good wisdom and knowledge, a good word, that's what Jesus has given them. He's telling them, peace be unto you. 
And he's telling them, I'm giving you this peace so that you may be able to take this peace. And when I send you out, you ought to bring this peace with you. Hallelujah. Now, this is the amazing thing of what I love. Jesus has just empowered them. Remember, he gave his great commission in Matthew 28 and, what is it, John 16 um, and um, Luke. Each one of them have where he told them to go out, you know, preach the gospel to the whole world, tell them to be baptized. You know, or he said it in different ways, but when we look at it and line them up all parallel, they're saying the same thing. They're just different points with Jesus standing in one place and somebody, you know, just like an auto accident, right? Everybody sees the same thing, but parts of what they tell, you got, you got somebody who's sitting there taking notes, right? The detective. And what that detective does is that detective takes everything that everybody says and put it together, and it comes out to be one absolute story. It's three-dimensional or more. And that's why we have with the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, why you have the four different accounts throughout there that mention the Great Commission. But this is what I love. Let's go to John 22, uh, 2022, right under this. And I love this because as he tells them, peace be unto you as my Father hath sent me, so I send you. This is his commandment. Right? Or his commission. He says, and when they and when and when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now the big question is people say, Well, this is when they received the Holy Ghost, because the message had not been given yet by who? Peter. Right? Which the Lord gave me an absolute illumination, a revelation of his word the other day. Me coming from the, my former religion that when they said this, you know, that basically Peter's supposed to be the first pope, right? Well, that's what I'm going to tell all my friends who are Catholic now. I'm going to say, look, you got you. Peter's the first pope, and he said what in Acts 2? Acts 2. So let's do what the first pope said. That's what they say, right? It's an awesome revelation. But as he reads, he, I mean, as I read, it says that, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. What this is, is that Jesus has released the Spirit into the world. He has released a portion of himself. When he breathed out, this goes all the way back to Genesis, when it says that God formed Adam from the dirt of the ground, and when he breathed into him, that Adam became a living and breathing soul. Hallelujah. And so what we have here today is we have the absolute beginning of the New Testament. This right here is the, the first little tidbit of the New Testament church. That when Jesus was standing there in reincarnated flesh, or resurrected flesh, not reincarnated, but resurrected when he breathed out into the world with his, his spirit, his spirit, permanently, we have something that every time the Bible reads, when you read in Samson, when you read it, it says in Judges that the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. 
and he picked up the gate. What that is is that the Holy Ghost, that's a temporary infilling. That's the power. That's the breath. When it reads that David had those five smooth stones that, you know, we don't know whether it was just for Goliath and his four brothers that were killed later on, but he had five smooth stones. Maybe that was his, his battle combat load. I don't know. As a machine gunner, I had to have 1,200 rounds, right? He only had five. That's a pretty good shot. He better than me. I'm scared of you, David. But he had five smooth stones, but when it says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, when he went ahead and killed a lion with his bare hands, that is the Spirit of Christ. That is the Spirit of God. But we had not known his name yet, or they did. So right here, Jesus has released his Spirit, which is the absolute tool for peace. How many of us that when, when we were first in field with the Spirit of the Lord, you just felt the calmness. You just felt a peace. You just felt like nothing in the world could touch you, upset you, get you off course. But that's what the Holy Ghost does. People ask, they say, you know, my daughters, when we do at-home Bible study, they say, well, you know, you got plenty of people, you know, that that we don't know whether they have the Holy Ghost or not, but they're all on TV, you know, and some of these men have gone on, and, and you know, and the Lord is the absolute judge, and I'm not judging these men, but when we look at people that, that have been historically through the, the halls of time, you know, even within our own time, you know, you have men like Billy Graham, who did a great thing, who brought a revival to the world, and it would be great if he had the full extent. I don't know what he taught in private. But I know if he would have went the full extent, hey, that would have really been powerful. But I'm thankful for men within our organization and other organizations that, treat, that, that preach, teach, and live absolute apostolic doctrine. Hallelujah. But when they ask me, what about these men? I'd be like, well, you know what? These men, they did some things, and they probably did it within power. I mean, with, within their own power. I was like, but just imagine how much farther it would have went if these men were filled with the absolute Holy Ghost power. With Holy Ghost power. Now, I tell you, there's something that I, I want to reveal to us. There's been many times I've stood at this altar. And probably more so at this altar than any other of the churches that I've been to. And that's because we have so many more visits. We've had more visits at this church in one year than every other church I've ever sat in probably in my whole life. Probably in one summer. <laughs> but the amazing thing is there's been about five occasions that me and my wife have sat here and prayed with somebody who was visiting and said, you know, I've actually uttered Words that I didn't know before. And then I went to my pastor at my church. And either A, they told me, well, that's a blessing and that's a good. Or I've even heard where they said, well, that's something that died when the apostle, last apostle John died. That's something that no longer is on the earth. But right here, what we're talking about is we're talking about what Jesus released into the world. And it's still here today. It is the power of God. It's like you, Jesus said more when we do, greater things when we do. So therefore, we have to have what? We have to have the power of Christ. The miraculous works through the Holy Ghost. 
The Lord can touch whomever he wills. And he can use. The, 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 the righteous and the profane. Even a donkey. Or a mule. Or whatever. He is a donkey, right? Yeah, he's a donkey, not a mule. Yeah. Reverend Parson had to give a class one day on the difference between donkey and a mule. But, I know that the Lord, when he did this, that the apostles probably really didn't understand what, what, what they were getting themselves into. That they were going to be a part of history for the releasing of what the Lord had in store. But also there's another spirit, and that's the spirit of the Antichrist, and that's what we're seeing today. What all the wars and rumors of wars and people always say, I guarantee you during World War II, people are like, oh my goodness, I think that, you know, the Lord's about to come back today. And that is true, but the Lord has forever been in his return. We're getting closer day by day. Tomorrow will be closer than today, right? But the amazing thing is we have things today that they couldn't say. We have apparatuses that when the word says that they had the two men that were killed and they laid in the street three days while the world celebrated, guess what we have now? We have the Christian News Network, right? CNN? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's definitely not what that stands for. But we have CNN, we have NBC, we have MSNBC, we have everything that got posted on there. And if we think that is crazy, look at some of the stuff you see on TV today when somebody does something outlandish and crazy, especially since COVID. You can burn a city down and people are applauding for you. I understand. I understand. People are hurt. People are in need. But when we have the absolute peace of Christ, Christ is the one that brings peace. Christ is the one that brings peace. And only, he's the only one that can bring absolute peace. Let us go to John 14. So all of that was the, what that was was the fulfillment, peace fulfillment, and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and his releasing of the Holy Ghost into the world. But they had not released, uh, understood it yet. Pretty much it's a package that's sitting up under the tree like on Christmas. You know, you know something in there. You want to go up and shake it and everything. Your kid want to know what's in there. And it's there. But it just hasn't been revealed yet. It just hasn't been opened. And here we're talking about in John 14, 26 through 27. This is Jesus foretelling of the peace that is coming in his death. So let me get here to 14. So in 1426, it reads, But the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, in whose name? In Jesus' name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you, peace, ooh, watch out, I leave with you my peace. Whose peace? Jesus' peace. I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Saints, there's nothing to be scared of. Right now it appears 
as if World War III is about to happen. And I'm not going to call it. And it looks pretty bad. But the Lord said that he, we will know the signs when it comes. We just need to make sure our, hands not, our heads are not stuck in the sand. But we will see the time. We need to be in prayer for this. For, we need to be in prayer for all of these things that are going on. Make people stand up and watch and look and, and pay attention and say, you know what? I need to get my life right. The Lord is returning. My mom and daddy, all the years I sat up under my pastor in that church in small town, big town, big city, USA. I sat there and I heard it and I thought it was all a false. I was like, man, they say the same thing every week. How many times can you read 66 books? But the same people will go watch the same movie over and over and over and over and quote it word for word. But give them quote some scripture. <laughs> but the one thing is, we want this to bring people. We need to be in prayer. We need to be in prayer that as the Holy Ghost is released in this world, that the Lord, hallelujah, his, what's going on, all the ugly things that are happening, it draws people unto him. That it draws people. Why do you think they have so many battlefield conversions? Battlefield conversions. That's what my wife thought I was. I went to Afghanistan a couple of weeks after I received the Holy Ghost. Three weeks. And my wife, she just, she just knew. I, I mean, my mom came to visit when I came home. A mentor of combat leave. And I had been over there for about eight months. And I completely stopped smoking. Like that. August 5th, 2004. The Lord took the desire away. That's after being on Zyband, sitting in classes with people like Reverend Parks and all that. Why they giving me counseling? <laughs> and I still was smoking. Had the nigger patch and all that stuff. And I still was smoking. But the second time that I had an encounter with the Lord, hallelujah, the Lord took it all away. He took that desire. And I haven't touched one since then. Nineteen years. And almost a half. But Jesus said, peace I give you. You see, the world, we have all these organizations. We have the UN, which was the World League at one time, and all these things. That more. We have peace organizations over here. We got peace organizations in neighborhoods where they got gangs. But you know how they want peace? They think that we get peace by one person saying, okay, well, we, you know, they don't want, what it is, they just want to separate and divide, and that's how we get peace. Let's, let's, you stay on this side of the city. You stay on this side of the city. But what Jesus is talking about, when we have peace, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it in the church. Where you have people who get in an argument, bicker about something. But I'm so glad that I'm in the church of a living God. And as I see some of our saints that have had some little bickering incidents or events, but now I see them getting along, loving one another, hugging one another, leaning on one another. Stop it, brother. <laughs> yeah, even so, especially in our house, right? But the amazing thing is that God brings a peace where it says, remember, his word says that a man who obeys the Lord even his enemies will be at peace with him. That's how good Jesus Christ is. That's how good, that's how great our God is. It said that the lion in the end will lay down with the lamb and won't try to eat him. That's good stuff right there. 
But Jesus is the comfort. He says, peace, I leave you. And from that, from this, he told of his, the peace that was coming with his death, burial, and resurrection. Remember all this. He said this after Peter and them said that they weren't going to let it happen. And then we go on next to the foreshadowing of peace. Go with me to Isaiah 9, 7. Isaiah 9 and 7. So in Isaiah 9, 7, actually I'm going to read 9, 7. And I love this one. I'm going to start at 6. And it reads, for unto us, we all know this one, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And what it's talking about is in the beginning God created man and woman, and this is where it starts at. It starts in a house. It starts in a home. It starts with, with men and women who are living devout lives. You know, I had a young man that came to visit a friend of ours, and that's like a son to me, or like a nephew. And it was amazing that when we had a meal with him, that how much he talked about his career and all that he's done in, in the many years that he's been gone. But he just wanted to come and give us some good news and things such as that. But it was amazing that as he talked, he talked about the things of us standing by him and being there for him and calling and checking on him. And walking, the biggest thing he said was walking. And, and I don't want to please, I'm, I'm, I don't want to, I don't, don't want to brag, because believe me, I tell you right now, if, if anybody is somebody who, 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 who needs um, a, a, a spirit like, like, like pastor, just calmness, and Reverend Parks, just chilling, you know, more of Jesus Christ in me. But for this young man to say, you know, you guys walk the walk, you know, even when y'all was at church, when I stayed by y'all house, when we did things together, when you came to our house, when we, you know, when we hung out, you were always the same, inside and out. And that's how we have to be, because the world sees that. The people at your job see that. And when they have hardships, they're going to ask you why, because they want what you have. So we can't be fickle, we can't be fake, we got to do it the right way. And we continue reading in 6 to 7. And it says, in, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace. I, I leave this part out. Whenever we see these italics, whenever you see the italics in the Greek language, in the, let me see, they have the official language, then they have the slang, just like English, like we took, you know, we took, you know, Great Britain's English and jacked it all up, <laughs> messed it all up, right? So, so, so with theirs, they didn't have some of the articles that we have. Well, they had some of the articles, but they didn't just use them all the time. So therefore, sometimes when I read the Bible, and sometimes y'all might hear me when I'm reading, I will read it and I will leave out some of the italics, because the italics was added for the ease of our reading. It doesn't change anything about the word, but it's still powerful for me when it says in, um, oh, I forgot exactly where, uh, where Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Remember, we go all the way back when Moses said, well, who do I tell him sent me? And he was like, tell him I am sent you. But when he's talking to the Pharisees, it says, I am he. When they ask, you know, ask him, 
if he's the son of God, he says, I am he. But that he is italicized. But when you take that off, oh, man, that's a Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost party. When I was reading that a couple of months ago, when I thought about it, Jesus said, I am. That's what they was offended about. They was upset about that. Because they knew their power base was about to be gone. They knew. But that's just a small one right there. But anyway, and it continues. Um, there should, uh, and it reads, um, let me read that again. Of the increase of his government. Or let me read this again. Of the increase of government and peace. No end. So what it's saying is that us as saints, as men and women of God, that we have power to even control, to a certain extent, the government. To have our influence for the prayers that we pray for those that are leaders over us. They don't have to be a man of God. Nebuchadnezzar, right, wasn't a man of God. Cyrus wasn't a man of God. But what did these men do? They were the ones who rebuilt Jerusalem. They were the ones who gave them money to erect the temples. Where they ended up at? Word didn't say I don't know. I necessarily don't care. But the amazing thing is that we know that God uses whoever he wants to use. So then it continues and it says, um, Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with the judgment and with the justice from henceforth, even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And what are they talking about? They're talking about peace. When Jesus returns, there's going to be everlasting peace. When his reign comes, there's going to be peace. When the saints leave, when we're raptured, guess what's going to break out? There's going to be absolutely no peace here. So we don't want to be here. Well, as we're preparing to close, I love this part because we're going to Hebrews 7. And we're going to be reading 1 through 4. Hebrews 7, 1 through 4. Now remember in the beginning, Abraham had ran into a king. The king of Salem. Or the king of peace. And I love it because right here it reads as we read. And I, I remember reading this a couple of times last year. I read this over and over and over and over. And, and um, all the way back in the beginning, Genesis 14, I read it over and over. And, you know, because I was looking for context clues of all the places where Jesus had showed up as a theophany or a type and shadow of Christ, right? And it reads, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being interpreted king of righteousness. Who's the king of righteousness? Jesus. Who's the king of peace? Jesus. And after that also king of Salem, which is the king of peace, he was without father, he was without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, a type of Christ, abideth a priest 
continually. That means forever. That means all the time. And that's where we're going to be. Forever we're going to be somewhere. In his presence or out. If we're out, the word says there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we want to be in. Now I love this right here because it says, Now consider how great this man was. Jesus Christ was full man, 100%. Jesus Christ was 100% God, 100%. And the same is with you. You're not filled with the Holy Ghost 10% or 15% or because you got upset because somebody got your order wrong, you had to turn around and go back to McDonald's, that now you don't reduce down to 50%. But we're 100% filled with the spirit of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If y'all can all please stand as we close out. The word of God is so powerful that every, I mean, sometimes just be in my room reading, especially since my wife is going now, she's not there distracting me. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it, it's her beauty. It distracts me. It distracts me so much. You're like... <laughs> it distracts me so much. I'll be trying to read. She'll walk in. You know, and I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> give thee. <laughs> oh man, but just let us think on Jesus Christ, the man of peace. One day, even though people may be adverse to one another and sometimes what their desires are and all of that or, or what they may consider, but even sometimes within our own religion, within Christianity, but Jesus Christ came from one church. And the word tells us, as Paul told us in Romans, to be peaceable with all men. To be peaceable with all men. And that's how I want to be. That's how we all should want to be as Christ was. That when the word says, you know, when Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, he said the peacemakers. Not the people that just want peace and don't say anything. And say, all right, I'm going to just advocate for whatever you want. I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and acquiesce to whatever you want just to maintain the peace or, or, or keep the peace. No, he said peacemakers. And therefore, we have to be praying for peace. We have to counsel in peace. And we have to speak peace. When we see differences between our children and, and, and friends and, and co-workers, and, and, you know, I always tell my kids, you guys need to talk and y'all need to work it out. Because you live in the same house, you can only last for so long. We're walking past each other without saying anything. But let me tell you, say, there's nothing wrong with agreeing to disagree about some things. But the thing is, we want to be peaceful with all. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the peace that only you can give, Lord. Because you, Lord, are the absolute peacemaker, Lord. And I want to be formed, Lord, in your image, Lord Jesus. I'm so glad, Lord, that one day, Lord Jesus, that you called my name, Lord Jesus. And I rose up out of that grave, Lord Jesus. And I came into you, Lord. Hallelujah. You, they took my grave clothes off, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And I 
Lord. Hallelujah. I desired what you wanted, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And today, Lord, as we see destruction, Lord. Today, Lord, as we see death, Lord. Today, Lord, as we see fights and gripes and greeds, Lord. Hallelujah. We call for peace in this place, Lord. We want the peace, Lord, hallelujah, of Christ in our homes. We want the peace of Christ in our schools. When they took you out of the schools, all peace was gone. Hallelujah. Children are warm with the teachers. Teachers warm with the children. Parents warm with the, with, with the teachers and teachers warm with the principal. But we want absolute peace, Lord. Hallelujah. We pray, Lord, for you to provoke us, Lord, into righteousness. Lord. Let us go out into the streets, Lord. Let us minister your peace, Lord, to others, Lord. We pray, Lord, hallelujah, for your word, Lord, for the gospel, Lord. Just exude, Lord, out of us, Lord. Let there be an overflow, Lord, of your presence, Lord. We pray, Lord, for peace, Lord, for this world, Lord, for all of those that desire, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And we pray, Lord, for an outpouring, Lord, of your spirit, Lord, on us, Lord, as we go out, Lord Jesus, to be peacemakers and not peacekeepers Lord we thank you we praise you and we plead your blood in Jesus name amen oh hallelujah praise the Lord praise the Lord thank, thank each and every one of you for allowing me to take some time to minister to us this evening I'm greatly honored and and as I read this with a lot of the things I do not want to get into that we want to pray for Pray for all of our leaders at every level. Pray, you know, for our local government. Pray for our schools, you know, um, 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 boards and board of education meetings. People don't want to get along. And, you know, they want to stop people from being able to say they part, but they want to say they part, you know. The thing is, we need to be in prayer for peace. We need to be in prayer for peace in our schools, especially. We're going to be in prayer for peace. And, 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 and everywhere we go, wherever we walk, we need to bring the spirit of peace with us where nothing could go bad there. We still want to be prepared, but we want to go and we want to make peace wherever we go. And I tell you, and I think what the Lord does is that we have to remember that Jesus said that the miracles will follow us. It will follow us. It will be an overflow. It's not we're going where, where miracles were already at. But the thing is, as we go, it is with us. Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But that is my time. And y'all be blessed as you go on your way. And Pastor or whoever's doing the announcements may come up. I know Pastor, he probably wants to wrap us up rightly. And thank you again, Pastor. Let's give Pastor, uh, 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 let's give Pastor some support. I love him. like Georgia. <laughs> but when I came here and I came into this church and met you saints and my pastor and to be able to follow a man. When I got out of the army, I thought I was going to be leaving um, a, a year or so before I got out. Actually, the army was trying to take me somewhere, but I am glad that I stayed here at this home church until the Lord. And the Lord has me on Simon as a master here. Hallelujah. I'm going to continue. Hallelujah to live and be peaceful with my brothers and sisters and this great man of God that pastors put me under. Thank you, Pastor. Hey, that was a phenomenal. Thank you for bringing that. Uh, one of the revelations he brought out as he was in John, and I've just got to share this real quickly. Uh, he says in Matthew 16, 
that he tells Peter that uh, I say unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and I will give thee the keys to the kingdom of heaven and listen to this whatever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven Brother Munden was reading and just stood out to me tonight John 20 and uh, it was talking about he said unto them peace be unto you and my father has sent me, so I send you. So I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And notice what verse 23 says. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. That key word there, remit. And then if you go to Acts 238, Peter, who was there in John 20, that was the disciples were gathered. It was Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Thaddeus, and, and they were all there. And so Peter was there more specifically. Peter was the one in Acts 16 he gave the keys to. And then Peter stood up opening the doors to the church and the kingdom of heaven. And he said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. And there's that word, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I don't ever want to refuse revelation from God. I, I'm growing, I'm learning things in this word each and every time I open it up and study it. And it's just like a new confirmation. And to me, Brother London, that John 20, just a brand new confirmation to what to remission right there. Just powerful. Let's give the Lord a hand. Aren't you glad in this journey that you live with Him? Sunday, it is Connection Sunday. God is connecting the church together to be more apostolic, to be more 242, Acts 242, and uh, God is doing it. I believe it with everything in me. Let's pray. And, uh, and, and receive the offering and tithes tonight. After that, you can be dismissed in Jesus' name. Father, we're so thankful for your presence that we feel in this place tonight. By uh, your anointing that has flowed through this church, your word that has dug into our hearts and set root. That's what I pray, God, that seed was sown tonight that takes root, continues to be watered more and more, that we may grow into the fruitful the fruitful plant that you've designed for us to be, God. Now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and praise you, Lord. Touch every need, touch every sickness tonight, everyone who's struggling and battling, those that aren't able to be here tonight, God, minister in their lives, minister in those here. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you and praise you. Amen and amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand of praise. After that, step out, come, and at least greet Brother Cruz and Sister Karen. If you don't have anything to put in the bag or card to swipe, at least come greet them while they are, are doing the work of the Lord that God's called them to do for such a time as this. Just walk by, fist bump, elbow, and if God convicts you to place anything or speaks to you in that bag or on that card, go ahead and do that. God bless you. Jesus.